Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry. Here's your host, Adam Knight. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I've got a fantastic guest today. Casey Pierce is the president of Contract Services Group. They're a commercial janitorial service company based down in Southern California, and we are talking about what is probably the most important, relevant topic today as we start to look at hotels reopening, having guests and employees come back into our buildings. We're talking about cleanliness, sanitation, the tools that are available to you out there, the resources that are available to you out there, regulations to keep in mind. I mean, we cover a lot of ground in this show today. So rather than me going on and on about it, let's just get right to it. Casey Pierce, president of Contract Services Group. Enjoy. Casey, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Likewise, Adam. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate you uh, taking some time. And what we're going to talk about today, cleaning and cleanliness and in these times of COVID and the pandemic, I think is not only, you know, it's good practices for people in general, but very topical for what's going on today. It it, it sure is. It's changing day by day as, as as is the world. As is the world, exactly. So why don't we start with uh, kind of jumping into yourself, your background. Why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from and your career and how you got to where you are today? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, um, so I, I'm um, the president of Contract Services Group, and we are based in Southern California is where our corporate headquarters um, is located. And we are, are we were fast approaching 1,000 employees and growing growing very rapidly and providing services to the um, you know commercial cleaning services but includes hospitality education um, retail office properties and then multifamily housing you know the different sectors that we have honed in on and uh, my father actually started the company he's um, today he's 78 and still works full-time more than full-time and I think what's happened over the last two months, I don't think both of us commented the fact that I don't think we've worked as hard as we have in our entire careers, just with, with, um, with what we're, what we're up against and, and changing times. So, so, so quickly, but, um, we've, we've been fortunate to partner with, um, some big, big names in hospitality and, um, have learned a lot from, from those, those companies that we do, that we do work with and, some of the policies and procedures that those companies require uh, require of us, you know, we've we've implemented them into our into our, our organization, and it's um and I, I think what a lot of people don't understand too is that in a service industry and in, in a successful service industry, and especially in California, it's it's extremely difficult to to be successful at it, and the the rules and especially West Coast, Southern California, California, it, it's if you're not of significant size, it, the numbers don't make sense. So, so we're fortunately that we've been able to, you know, make it through the the small, the medium sized company to where we're like medium large, and it's it's completely changed. It, it's volume based. This is our 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 business, and um, you know, we were faced with um, you know historic low unemployment rates and not being able to find enough employees and now the the tables have turned of course with um with the with the pandemic that's that's before us but 
I, I think just having the ability to be able to adapt quickly and and um, I, everyone's face faced with that same same I think um, you know situation now that's that's before us. But if I did say we're 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 glad someone um, told me Adam that nine eleven security is to nine eleven what cleaning is to this pandemic and oh it's gosh. it's really pushed us yeah to the to the front. That's such a great way to look at it. I haven't heard that before, but yeah, it's true. I mean, it's forcing not just, you know, the obvious hotels and restaurants and, um, and some of the offshoots to to rethink how they do things and be nimble, but, you know, a company like yours that that deals in cleanliness and sanitation and making spaces um, hygienic for people, um, I'm sure you've had to think about things in a completely different way going forward. And it's it's one thing to to just continue doing what you've always done, but how do you change that and evolve it for the environment that we're in today? So I can only imagine some of the challenges that you're faced with. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 the and you're and you're right, and then the PPEs are huge, you know, and then not, I think the unknown, you know, we don't know what we don't know, and so having our employees on the front line and asking them to go out and work when the majority of the world is not and are sheltering in place and we still have obligations that we have to fulfill to our clients and keep facilities clean and, and disinfected. And, and, and you're right in the past, our industry was looked at as well, Hey, make it clean, you know, be invisible, just make our property look good. And we don't want to see you as little mm-hmm. as possible. And our clients are kind of changing their tune and like having us be visible is fine because I think that's going to play a lot into the, it's going to make an impact if, if you know, if the, if the guests or the clients or the, you know, the, the, the patrons of the facility see someone there cleaning, it's going to make them feel better. And, and I think that's, you know, feel safer, you know, kind of like the way a security guard, you see a security guard, you feel a little bit safer walking out to your car in a parking lot. Well, mm-hmm. Now, when you see a porter cleaning and wiping down tables and disinfecting, you're going to be feel a little bit more comfortable sitting in the food court and eat, eating, the, you know, eating a meal and the, the, um, electrostatic sprayers. And then you, and you may have heard a lot about that. And mm-hmm. that's a technology that, um, we, we actually put a purchase order in on April 5th for, um, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of these sprayers. And the technology has been around for a long time and painters have used it for years. And mm. so it kind of, to give you a, a Example, so if you spray a, a surface with a, a normal trigger sprayer, it kind of just floats across the surface and may get the front. But with this electrostatic technology, you spray it and it kind of encapsulates the entire object. And so it'll get under it, behind it, over it, and really makes you efficient. And then the, the, ion, the, the product is charged, so it clings to the surface and then therefore can kill the virus or kill the, you know, the bacteria or whatever whatever's on the surface so so we're and then the nice thing about that product or the, the that type of technology is that it doesn't require you to go back and wipe it down you can spray and go keep spray going go. versus the, the 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 technology that's there or that that without that technology you've got to spray it and let it dwell for 10 minutes is what the epa is um, requiring of, of normal disinfectant so but yeah i think it's just it's really pushed us to the, you know, to the top of the, the, the list with, with, um, with clients and their facilities, you know, they want to 
and then, and then and all of their clients too. Everyone seems to be formulating their reopening plans right now, and so everyone's turning to us to you know help them combat it. But then we're all coming to the realization that until a vaccine is found, we're all going to be faced with employees that are going to contract the virus and guests are. And so what are we going to do when that happens at a property? And there's, there's certain criteria that you follow, you know, and if it was like a, if it was a guest room in a hotel and obviously you vacate the room, you let the room sit vacant for up to 24 hours um, or there are 24 hours is what they're recommending before we would go in and do our disinfecting mm-hmm. and versus a common area. And you shut it down as much as you can and you go in right away. You don't wait if it's in an open area. So there's all different kinds of protocols, but we're, we're working with, working with our clients to help them come up with a plan and, you know, even, you know, have a team, you know, that's on site, you know, maybe possibly take over the public area cleaning and then have that same team trained and ready to go. So at a moment's notice, you know, if we, if we get the call and, and it's, and it's going to happen. We, our, our company, um, and I, I think I'll back up a little bit, Adam. We we, we were fast approaching a thousand employees. We we furloughed um, five hundred and change, mm-hmm. and it's um and, and some of that we've and, and, in the, and since the furlough, which was March, middle of March, we've brought back close to two hundred of the of those that have been furloughed. So we, you know we're we're helping out. We were the recipient in round one of the the payroll protection program, the mm-hmm. PPP. And so that's put us in a, a great position to be able to assist our clients with, with some discount. You know, everyone's trying, you know, with trying times, the, the, their, you know, revenues are down. So we're able to give them some, you know, some great pricing to help them get their properties reopened when they don't have revenue. Right. Right. Wow. I mean, in just a, just a, a minute and a half or two minutes, I mean, you outlined uh, a dozen, 15 different challenges yeah. and everything that you're just juggling right now. Um, and the landscape is constantly changing. One thing actually that came to mind as you were talking about it, in, in particular, purchasing the electrostatic sprayers. Are you seeing any equipment shortages out there right now? Oh, are you, oh, are, big, are you able time. to get your hands yeah. on it? So, so gloves, masks, and um, goggles, and then, and then the electrostatic sprayer. So we've been stockpiling. And that's something too, where we're waiting for the mandate to come down as far as an employer, what are we going to be required to do to provide to our employees? And, and masks is a big subject, you know, and do we have enough? And if you're, you know, if it, is it a three, I mean, there's, I've learned so much. So there's three ply, there's surgical, there's non-surgical, there's the, the ones with the filters. Um, what's the name of that? Um, and the, uh, the numbers, the 97, oh, the N95. 95, N95. Yeah. So, so, but we, you know, we're not going into a, a no, I guess if, if our crew is going into a room where we know there was a known COVID-19 case, we're giving them the N95s. Mm-hmm. But if they're just going around and claiming communists, they don't need the N95s. And so the, the fourth, so then we had to determine, do we give them one mask a day? You know, and if one mask a day, then that means for each shift, then depending on how many employees, you know, I mean, if it's a thousand, you're going to go through a thousand a day. So, so it, yeah, there's, there's some severe shortages in masks and we've been stockpiling masks, just anticipating that the, the, 
the states or the feds are going to come down with some mandates is what we have to provide for our for our for our employees. So definitely shortages on on all fronts, and then the the um, the electrostatic sprayers their their backlog. Our our order went in on April fifth, and we should get them in. Um, we were told by the middle of June, but uh, but again, it's it's it, you know the the factories that are making them have even you know had some issues with with um COVID nineteen cases. But the, the good on a good note though, so we have um, had switching over to to the our, answering your question. I think I answered it about the the shortages and the equipment and the time frames. Everything seems to be delayed. We we have we've had about six employees that have tested positive over the last two months and. Wow. On a good note, none of them have had to be hospitalized. They all went home. They all, you know, went to the doctor, got tested. We're told we're told to go home and rest and let it, you know. And if it gets worse, come in. But um, on a positive note, it, they all, you know, full recoveries and, and all of them are back to work. That's incredible. So, I mean, that's such a relief. You know, so yeah, it, it it is. You know, you hear that. I mean, the, you hear on the news all the the doom and gloom and the, you know, the 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 numbers are all skewed towards how many people have died from it. And there's so much, you know, how uh, they're not talking about how many people get it and fully recover, you know, right. <laughs> or right. don't even end up being needing hospitalization. And I think it's a, I think when that comes out, it's going to be a lot, lot higher. And you know, which, you know, when the narrative like starts the, to change. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it does. So have you, in working with, all of these different companies, different brands, providers, kind of behind the scenes, you know, to your point before, uh, do the job, but don't be seen. But now there's probably almost certainly going to be a push to have service providers out in front, sort of in full force with this obvious cleaning and sanitation going on. How do you manage all of the different company and brand programs that are being put together at the same time as you know, your internal processes and how you guys are doing things? You know, that's, that's a great question, Adam. (laughs) And not, not, not easy. That's for sure. Right. And and I think, um, you know, we were fortunate to, you know, when we, that, that we were, that we are a diverse company. And so I think, you know, we're not a hundred percent hospitality. And I kind of described to you, uh, you know, all the different segments that, that we that we are involved in providing services to. And because of that, I was able to retain a, a, just a phenomenal management team. You know, and we were all, you know, the, the, the salaried managers. Or the, the, these are the, the individuals that are, you know, I, I'm, I'm one person. You know, I can't do it all. And in the right. old days, I used to do, do everything, you know, customer service, sales, bidding, you know, operations. And so, we were able to to retain the the mid level managers, and they're all um, a lot of them are hospitality background, and um, you know m- many many years of of, uh, of experience in hospitality. And so I think by having them having that team on board, and and we even when it first happened, Adam, we you know my you know when you lose that many employees, and and our revenue went from you know two two and a half million dollars a month to you know maybe a million. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that kind of loss, I, you know, we immediately, I, my accounting team of four, I cut it to two. Um, you know, I called enterprise, we had partnered with enterprise rent cars, which is one of the best things I've ever done. Cause you know, with a fleet of 30 vehicles and 
all of a sudden I don't need, you know, half of them. Mm-hmm. I was able to call enterprise up and tell them, Hey, can you pick up these vehicles? And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of being with a company like enterprise. You know, they, they, they picked them up and that saved you know, thousands of dollars a month in expenses. And, yeah. and then that was my knee jerk reaction, not realizing that this TPP funding was going to come through and it would cover all those expenses. And now of course I'm short vehicles, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but, um, but I'm adding some back in and it's crazy how they have such a surplus of some of these identical vehicles that are coming back in. I'm getting them for like 200 bucks a month less than the ones I turned in and they're brand new. So wow, not a, not a bad, not a bad situation. But, I mean, I guess, but by, I guess, by the mi- sorry to cut you off, but I was just saying like, that's but bringing vehicles back is a, I would think that that's a good thing because you're starting to get people back to work. You need it vehicles. is. Yep. Yeah, and we we do yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're right. That's a that's a good good problem to have, and they're they're a great partner of ours. You know, they they really come through. You know, now now there's no shortage of getting vehicles. They can get them to us immediately with, with yeah. the downturn, unfortunately. You know, but but uh, the mid level team though we and when we we didn't know if we were all going to have to take salary cuts. We didn't know if we were all going to have jobs, and so we we um before we got the PPP funding, we all rolled up our sleeves and we all picked up some shifts in some of the centers that we provide on the weekends. And by doing that, you know, we saved the company like 12 grand a month. And we did that for, you know, a month and a half, two months. And so the team, you know, every single person that I, you know, proposed this idea to, you know, they all said, tell us what we need to do. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not, not afraid to roll up their sleeves. And, and, and it, it was real, very humbling going back. And, you know, I even, you know, I have a 20 year old son and a 17 year old son. And we went out and doing the services that we ask our employees to do and dumping trash and picking up gloves and masks off the, you know, off the parking lot that people are just throwing down. It, it really makes you appreciate what we're asking our team to do. You know, yeah. it, I think it was very impactful for our, for my entire executive team. You know, we were all out there doing it on the boots on the ground. So I think if anything positive, you know, it really makes us, you know, realize that hey, we're we're in this together. You know, it's not beneath any of us to do what what we're asking our team members to do. So, so you're so this PPP funding comes through, and now you have to reverse your train of thought because we only have eight weeks to spend this money, and we have to get our team members back to work, and hours need to be up. So, you know, you it, it kind of plays mind games with you, you know, because you're you know you're back in your mind, you're like, oh, budgets and, you know, no overtime. And, you know, you know, and if you can do, if you can get the work done an hour less a night, that's great. Cause that's going to save us money. But now that we have this funding, we have to, it's, it's to get it to our employees and to get them, you know, you know, if they have to work overtime to cover a shift, that's fine. So it's, it's funny how you kind of go back and forth, you know, between trying to, um, you know, make sense, sense of it all. But, but back to your original question, I, diverted way off off course though so to to adapt to all the different requirements of all the I, my i'm really relying on and we what we've done like i'll, I'll you know nancy pino is one of my account managers and so she's tasked with you know half a dozen properties so she's the one that's making sure that the the um property that she's servicing that we're training our team to handle the, the specifics of that of that property and and so it's it's and you're you're right. And in addition to what our requirements are as a company, so so it it is it's it's, it's tough to, you know, 
not only are they learning what we what our requirements are, but then also the property specific may have some some requirements. Sure. A good example is um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you, your company, you're you're effectively subject matter experts, right? I would I would think that you're able to go in to some hotels and you know non hotel entities and actually give them guidance on what they should be doing. Yeah, you know, and 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 you're exactly right because because a lot of these hotels they've been closed, they've closed down since this has happened. So and so we've we've probably done close to two dozen of these disinfecting requests to come out where they've had known cases of COVID-19. And we've done it from um, hotel guest rooms to common areas to a couple education facilities. And we're, we're promoting this service as well. And it's, um, we did a big manufacturing plant out in um, um, Woodland Hills um, last week as well. So, so you're, you're right. We, you know, so we go in, we've got the, the, um, the disposable gowns that you wear, the headgear, the goggles, the gloves, and so so you're right. That's that, and that's our what we're really pushing to to let them know that not only we're we here to give you housekeeping and stewarding and laundry and even you know engineering painters, but we're also you know COVID nineteen you know response rapid response team, so we can help you formulate your your plan, you know, and then so and and it's a lot easier to to have that in place. And I don't need to tell you, Adam, you know, being in hospitality, as long as you, if you have it set up in advance, you know, have, have an agreement in place with a company so that you're not scrambling at the last minute, you know, to see that the company has their insurance certificates on file with you and just make sure they have policies and procedures and established, you know, a phone number to contact so that, you know, depending on your facility, how quickly do you, you know, do we need to respond? And, right. And, um, I think that's something that I think companies can, you know, learn to to get that in place ahead of time because when it when it when it happens and it's bound to happen, I think until they find the vaccine. Absolutely, yeah. Prior prior uh, planning and, and and preparedness is going to set you up for success. So, like on that note, is there anything that you're telling your clients that they need to be prepared for, need to be prepared to do, giving them? maybe a, a little bit of visibility down the road. I know it's really hard right now because it's constantly changing. You know, what we learned this afternoon is probably going to be different tomorrow morning. But, you know, is there any advice that you're giving people and clients right now? Um, I, I I think, you know, just and what we're seeing, and the, the, there was a trend in the industry prior to COVID-19 where we were seeing a lot of properties that were looking at, um, outsourcing their housekeeping department completely. And we were calling it managed housekeeping services. Mm-hmm. And I think now for the properties, and and then you can probably lend some insight too, that the properties are faced with a tough decision now as to how, how are they going to survive with occupancy that's, you know, severely, you know, dramatically less than what it was prior. And then, and then the group business. You know, yep. the, the group business is gone. The weddings, the conferences, the you know, all exactly. the all the the F and B business. And so they're they're really you know, and then and who's to say you keep hearing them saying that this virus may come back in the fall. Mm-hmm. So the the ability I think for the flexibility for the property to be able to um, you know, turn it on or turn it off rather with the labor mm-hmm. it, it, that they've been in a probably a lot better position to use an outsourced provider for that service. And now more than ever, and we were seeing that trend, it was starting to gain traction 
and and it was more so in the the boutique type hotels where they just want to outsource from the director of housekeeping down and there's different models but some are you know you know with the director down or some say we'll keep our director of housekeeping and you just provide the the team members but we've seen this evolve pretty quickly into not just housekeeping though but now like even engineering and you know how they they don't have the the cash flow or the, the you know with the revenue so far off how do you how can you afford the high salary director of engineering and housekeeping and executive steward and all those high level positions where and 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 you know if, if you don't have forty housekeepers on board why do you need a director of housekeeping if you only have six housekeepers mm-hmm. so I I just giving that we're giving them options to say hey let us be your partner to help you ride this up you know up or down depending and then maybe you know we. We have a director of engineering that we can share. One model we're looking at, though, is say we, we have a DOE and he can oversee six properties. And maybe he's on property you know, for the high-level stuff. Maybe one day a week he gets there and he can meet with a chief, you know, or, a, you know, a, you know kind of a, a position that's, you know, a couple tiers down. Sure. That's going to be able to save the, the property money. So I just I think just exploring all, all these options and getting that that information out there to the, to our clients to say, Hey, we're here, we're here to help you, you know, let us, you know, know to what extent do you want us to assist you on? Right. And, it's, and, and, and everyone's different, Adam. They all have different plans. The, the convention center hotel, downtown San Diego, he said, we're not going to open until September because you know, we, we choose to lose no money than to lose, you know, open up and lose money. You know, versus just stay in status quo, and they, you know, I guess they'll they'll lower their losses because they're going to continue to lose yeah. money until they open. But if they were to open, yeah, the carrying cost is lower than actually opening the doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, actually so talking. I think, uh, about, uh, that's hard, Yeah, I was talking with somebody the other day about exactly that um, and the the rush to open the doors of of hotels, and you know, it's. I want to be optimistic about it, but you know, it's hard to, it's hard to see that we may not even be out of the first inning of this, of this issue yet. So, you know, every, every hotel is trying to figure out what the right, the right date is, what the right path is, you know, do we open today? Do we stay closed for the summer? Do we wait to see if there's another increase uh, in, in cases in the fall? Um, You know, there's, there's a, a, a huge impact in, in a lot of different, you know, not just hotel businesses, but, you know, lenders and uh, property owners, companies like yours, all of the offshoot businesses that, that all pop up around big hotels, you know, all the restaurants and uh, you know, all the dry cleaners to do all the guest laundry. And I mean, it's just the, it just kind of cascades through. It's, yeah, it, it, you know, you're right. It's hard to wrap your head around. And you, mm-hmm. you know, the minute you think you kind of grasp, the severity or the magnitude of it, then you hear another story of, of another industry that's just been decimated by this. You know, yeah. and it's 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 tough. It's tough on 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 a, a lot. I, I think I find a little bit of peace in the fact that that you know there's, we're, you know, it's the world. We're all you know everyone's in this together. Exactly. There's not one person that's not that has not been affected by it, and unfortunately, some more some more than others. You know, but we. I could go back to, you know, that I just, I'm real thankful to have been, been in, you know, to be in the cleaning industry. 
and to be mm-hmm. able to offer offer a service and it's um yeah we've got a we've got a long road ahead of us though that's for sure. I think uh, it's interesting that you were talking about outsourcing or kind of wholesale outsourcing of relatively big departments in hotels. I mean, housekeeping is usually one of the bigger departments in a property. Um, you know, engineering, depending on the size of the hotel, could could be a very big department as well. I mean, that's obviously a change that's going to be discussed, you know, when the time is right at any business. But that's a big change mm-hmm. for the industry. Are there any other changes kind of related to to guest impact or customers or your clients or employees that that you're starting to talk about or you're starting to see you know maybe you've got some visibility on down the road yeah you know i i one of the um things i think it was marriott that came out there there are all of the big chains are coming out with their their protocols for services and i think one of the big things could be the fact that guests may you know you 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 know, check into your room, it's been disinfected, it's clean, and you may not want to have service at all in that room until you check out. Right. And so I think that's going to have a huge impact on the number of housekeepers needed, you know, mm-hmm. frankly, you know, so, and, and that could definitely help the hotel operations from a financial standpoint, because if you don't have to have, you know, room service every single day and the expectation isn't there, you know, I mm-hmm. think that that could be a, a, a benefit, you know, so you still would be, be able to take, you know, fresh towels up and, you know, amenities, whatever, whatever the request, you know, or, or, or request to service a room if, if it needs to be. But I think that, I think that's something that's going to be very impactful on, a, on the hotel operations and, you know, how that translates into, to room rate, room rates, you know, if the room rates, you know, adjust or, or, um, you know, the off, offset it by saying that you're going to go in and have these rooms serviced. And then the final step is you have someone go in with an electrostatic sprayer, you know, and disinfect everything. And then kind of, you know, I think I've seen some samples of other properties saying that they slap like a little decal saying, you know, rooms been disinfected. Right. Kind of like when, when you saw like when those toilet, you know, when you go into a hotel room and the toilet has the, the white, you know, <laughs> they're coming of, back you know, crisscross. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just, you know, like crime scene, you know, Hey, it's, it's clean, cleared, cleared for entry. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you, modeling the financial impact of this, I think is going to be tricky for a little while because, you know, 50% is going to be the new hundred percent. And so if you start talking about, you know, mm-hmm. holding rooms, 24 hours in between each guest and you start talking about, you know, cutting restaurant capacity and meeting room capacity, uh, you know, by as much as the square footage of the room will allow you to do so to maintain social distancing, you know, whether it's six feet or if that distance changes, um, just figuring out how this is all going to play out just from a a profit perspective is, uh, is something that's going to be really important. And the people aspect is absolutely important, but I, said earlier about you know you've you've had to furlough um some employees of yours at the beginning you've started to bring them back the ppp helped you do that you're starting to see a little bit of a pickup in business and so you can bring people back and enterprise cars and and whatnot but you know getting down and dirty and having the leaders of a company empty the trash you know do all of the things that you're asking your employees to do are things that you've got to do to make sure that there's a business for your employees to come back to when things do start to turn yeah. out. 
you're exa- you know, Adam, you're exactly right. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even think of that because you're right. It was, it was survival mode to keep the company, to make sure the company was going to be financially sound. And, and that's one thing my dad has done a great job. And it, and it wasn't until, you know, frankly, five, five years ago, you know, probably when our sales started, to hit, we hit around 18 million a year. And at that time, it's when we actually didn't put every single penny we had back into the business. You know, we were able to start setting aside cash and building up the cash reserve. And I think that really helped us. But then the fast thinking, though, too, you're right, because, you know, you, you, you know, if you cut your sales that much, you can burn through cash. One of my, my roommates from college actually works for Southwest Airlines. And, you know, as much cash as Southwest Airlines has, you know, no one's resilient to weather this storm, you know, without making severe cutbacks, you know, even as much, you know, I think they have some sort of savings that's in the billions, you know, and even, even their CEO projected, you know, they would, without help, they'd run out of money by the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, taking that, you know, you're right, doing what we did to make sure the company stays financially sound and and um you know was a it's a it's an important part to to I think, you know, from the from the leadership of the of the company. Mm-hmm. So important. Um I saw an interesting story the other day uh about how they're going about sanitizing, cleaning and sanitizing the New York subway cars. So I think it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, they uh, started reducing, or I think even eliminating the time that the New York subway would run overnight. And I could have the details, the particulars on this wrong, but the the idea was that um, they would eliminate the the service overnight so they could clean the cars, disinfect them, and then have them back up and running you know, in the morning for people to start using again. And so just the other day, they introduced this high-powered UV light that they put in the car and it looks almost looks like a strobe light that kind of flashes through the car. And they say, you know, disinfects uh, the car, kills the virus. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting innovation, um, something that I hadn't seen before, and that will probably make its way at some point, a version of that into, you know, housekeeping or cleaning hotel rooms. You know, it may be in hospital cleaning um, practices today. I'm not sure. But, you know, you start looking at that, you've got the electrostatic sprayers that are, have been around to your point for a long time that are making a big comeback in housekeeping. We're probably going to see that everywhere. They'll be ubiquitous uh, in hotels in the next, you know, two, three, five years, whenever equipment suppliers can keep up. Are you seeing anything else uh, out there just from an innovation perspective or new tools that may be coming down the pike that uh, people could maybe um, start to research? I, you know, I think I think you hit that. Those are the ones that are at the forefront. And one of our clients from Dream Hotel Hollywood, he keeps sending us links about, you know, this magic product that you can spray on and it kills for, you know, 60 days or 70 days. And we keep sending it to our chemical vendor. And you know, in it, you know, it's it's, you know, good as long as you don't touch it. You know, the minute you touch it, <laughs> you know, so so it's it. You know, the, I think there's a lot of companies out there trying to capitalize off of, you know, and then and then you have to make sure is it EPA registered, and but you know, you, you, the idea that you can spray a coating on and it kills the, the, the surface for an extended period of time, well, that's you know, those claims I think are, are debunked. Unfortunately, you know, there's no magic, you know, right. um, product that's going to continue to work. You know, I mean, like an elevator call button. Okay, 
you know, you spray this coating on there. Well, someone touches it with, you know, a virus or a bacteria that it's, it's going to be on top of that coating. It's not, and the coating doesn't continue to kill. So right. yeah, we've, we've, we've actually, he sent it to us twice and one of them, they're both, the both the products that he sent are not even, you know, in this country. And so mm-hmm. let alone, you know, going through all the registrations and the, the certifications, you know, to make that claim. There, there's right. companies out there making the claim, but there's no documentation to, to back so the, it up. So the um, advice would be um, be cautious with any new know, tool or product that yep. comes out. Right, exactly. Yep, do your do your research and don't, you know, don't believe it. Don't believe it unless you have someone giving you the backup documentation to to prove prove the prove it does what it claims to do. Right. Are there any resources or places that you can that have helped you on your journey through this uh, this whole pandemic and having to um, evolve your business to to be you know to provide a, a safe service, a safe product for people to make sure that your team is trained up and and that you guys are are ready to go when we do start coming out of this. So, is there? a place or a resource that you've used to stay up to date on all of this that maybe we could send listeners to yeah, you know, go you know research what? on their own? Yeah, the, the, the building service contractors association um, mm-hmm. is um, something that we've been members of for, for years and years. And they're, they've been a, a great resource as far as, you know, keeping all the contractors abreast of, of the latest, you know, technologies and, 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 and they're kind of an A to Z, you know, they help this, this association. Um, so I think it's BSCAI.org, I believe is their website, but I might be off on that, but Building Service Contractors Association International. Okay, we'll and put that in the show notes. They, they, yeah, perfect. And they, they um, you know, really cater to and offer forums because, you know, across the country, we're all dealing with, with the same the same issues and some of us, and, and different states have different issues that pertain to them, but it really it creates a good resource. We, we actually, a number of years back, through the Building Service Contractors Association, we formed a, a group of uh, a peer group. So it was kind of like getting a consultant, a group of consultants without the price tag of a consultant. And then mm-hmm. we would take turns going around to each other's um, corporate headquarters. And there were six of us in it at the time, and we'd rotate so twice a year so one year we would or you know one month we would host we did it april and october you know and so so over a course of three years we would cycle through everyone's facilities and it just really helped to you know understand you know and we were all varying sizes but we were none of us were competing you know against each other because you, mm-hmm. you know you got michigan you got louisiana texas colorado california and we it's a, it's a great it's great to talk to people that are in our industry you know and the challenges that we face and brainstorm and learn so we that that formed out of the building service contractors association but they they have a government affairs um that's a um, department that you know helps us out with you know anything legal that legal issues that may may pop up and um so yeah it's a good it's a good resource that's fantastic um before we wrap up here today, I have to ask you, you know, our final sort of signature question, something I like to ask at the end of every show is, you know, is what are some best practices or what's a, a thing that somebody can do today related to everything we've been talking about 
that's going to give them kind of the most bang for their time and effort? Um, you know what? That's a good, a good question. And I think um, I'll revert back to, I think, um, you know, with, with a lot in, in, you know, slanted towards the hospitality side, of course, you know, just start planning now and align yourself with, with, um, you know, whether it be a contractor or, you know, team members that are going to, you know, and again, everything you can do before you open those doors back up in advance just makes it that much easier. And then I think just, you know, getting those established procedures and protocols in place so that you don't get blindsided by, by, you know, a last minute request that, you know, that you're not, that you're not prepared to handle, you know, the, it's stressful enough and to have to be under the gun and have to deal with something you know, that that um, you're not prepared for. I love it. Rules for life. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Oh, no, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, planning. Just plan ahead. That's a good rule for life, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, hey, Casey, if people wanted to learn more about you uh, or to get in touch with you, uh, is there a place that they can go to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Go to our website, which is... Um, Name of our company's contract services group, but it's www.csgcares.com. Great. And we'll link to that in the, the show notes as well. Well, Casey, look, I really awesome. appreciate you being on today. This has been Absolutely. fantastic. A ton of really good information. This is obviously uh, an evolving landscape, uh, but uh, I appreciate you kind of shepherding us through uh, what it is we can do to prepare what we need to have eyes on. So thank you for providing your expertise today. Absolutely. And thanks for um, having me on, Adam. Anytime. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Cheers. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you want to learn more about Casey or get in touch with him or his company, you can visit their website at csgcares.com. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us at knowinghospitality.com. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.